this is Richard. And this is Eric. And you're listening to the Coral Contrarians podcast. Richard. Hey, um, hey, Eric. It's weird to see you here. Yeah. Midnight in the Chicago airport. It's really strange yeah, I know. that you're. I know. Here. Yeah, I'm, it's good to see I'm you. Kinda, by the way. Well, I'm. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to at least you know see a friendly face. Or to see a face at all, to be honest. Cause yeah. This place is creepy. It's creepy. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of empty. Um, as I look around here, uh, like the lights are kind of not all the lights are on. You know, maybe just like half of the lights. I guess they're saving energy at night. Well, yeah, and the Wolfgang Puck restaurant closed like three hours ago. So yeah, so it's which just <laughs> makes it decidedly creepier with no kinda, Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, just kind of looming over there and. Um, I'd get a I'd get a coffee, but it's just kind of you know empty. Um, Shh, yeah, look out! Look out! Go! 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 Whoa! This place is a mess. Uh, you know what this gets me thinking about, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is Sulfedge? Oh yeah, I was just kind of going there in my head the creepiest yeah. places on earth get me thinking about selfish to be honest and oh yeah in fact mm-hmm. we have a lot of time yeah uh, in this space to, to yeah talk about this is a perfect time to talk about it uh good what, that'll help us pass the time do you yeah. happen to have a favorite selfish syllable or maybe even a top three? Ooh, yeah that's a that's a good question. I I guess I do um, have a top three. Hey, uh, what about you? Have you ever thought of, like, have you ever ranked them in your head? I haven't, but I'm willing to try because okay, this is okay. a yeah. monumental. I mean, it's like the the Mount Rushmore of mm-hmm. sulfage syllables. Top four, top four. Who, who would be up there for you on top, Mount Rushmore? Top four for me? Sulfage. Okay, okay. Just want me to name them all? Or um, uh, you could do a countdown. Or let's, let's do, do okay. Let's let's do a countdown. Is, who is your yeah. George Washington? Okay. Of okay. My my George Washington. My number four. Okay. My number four. I'm thinking law. Thinking law's number four. Okay. I, I'm gonna be a little mm-hmm. cliched and do fa because fa is four. So I'll mm. do fa, but I, I'll yeah. mix it up and not do. Me Ray Doe, because that's not correct. But I will do Fa. I like Fa. You like Fa? I don't know. I feel like Fa is a little overrated. There's just something about it. Makes me uneasy. La, think about La. You've got this whole, you know, six scale degree thing going on, mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to the minor. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be 
could be flattened, you know, and it'll like lay. Could be. Yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Who's the next president? I, like, uh, that was Washington. Is it, who is it, Jefferson or? Jefferson is Lincoln? in there is somewhere. Jefferson's in there. Okay. Um, my Jefferson, I'm going to go with me. I mean, you said fa for four, and I, I actually, yeah. Me, me, me is, is top three. Me is me top is three. top three for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan. How about you? I'm going to put a T in there mm. as my number three. Mm. I do what is like it about a good tea? leading tone. The, yeah. Uh, okay. Especially also... In when you're doing fa and then you do mm-hmm. a t, mm-hmm. it it's a nice kind of almost Lydian moment there when you Ooh, yeah. when you put those two together. Sure, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So t is my number three. Oh, Ooh. I thought about another president, which is I think Roosevelt. Oh, okay. Teddy's up there, isn't Teddy? He? Yeah, Teddy R. Teddy, Teddy R. Number two. Number two, um, I you know you said T and I T is my number two. Oh yeah, T is my number two. I like the tension. I like the tension of T. Okay, so, <laughs> that's good. Think about it. how about you? My number two is going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Do, um, which mm. I'm sure is your number one. I would guess is your number one. Do is nice. I mean, it's strong. It's impossible. I think for men, almost everybody mm-hmm. would put Doe mm-hmm. in their top top few, and Doe will be my number two. What that's is a good? That's the, a good number two. Trip. What's the best selfish syllable? Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of cliche. You're going to say Doe. Kind of solid about Doe. It's hard to top Doe. You know, like think of Doe. Just think of how it sounds. Just. You know, right? <laughs> let's think. I have. Let's think about it. Okay. Mm-mm, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is good. Nice. Nice. It is good. Uh, it's okay, so what's funny your, that Soul, yeah. soul did uh-huh. not make your... Um, didn't didn't make my top four. Didn't make did your not, top four. Yeah, I don't... It's, soul number one, I think. You're putting soul number one. Soul okay, number why, one. why soul and not and not dough? Why? Why the fifth? Because I think that what soul does to dough, dough wouldn't mm-hmm. be the same without soul. I think soul. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do uh-huh. this with a little soul. You uh, got to do it with a little soul. I think, but it's soul. I think it's the so, fifth is such yeah. a wonderful. The fifth is so strange in all its mm-hmm. coloring and all its usefulness in music. So I do think. I don't know. I think soul is extremely valuable because home uh, mm-hmm. is home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dough mm-hmm. is dough. But you always go to dough in almost every case. I guess you mm-hmm. could go plagal. But in almost all music, mm-hmm. you enter mm-hmm. dough from soul. Mm-hmm. It's the doorway. It's the door. It's the do- doorway. And by the way... We should acknowledge that we know who the fourth president is on Mount Rushmore. Do you know? Uh, yes, that is Millard Fillmore. No, oh, yeah, no. It's Taft. Is it? No, it's not Taft. It's of like, course it's not Taft. It, he wouldn't. It's like, he's it's, so rotund, he wouldn't fit on Mount Rushmore. No, he needs a, a boulder. He has yeah, another it's, uh, mountain. It's Lincoln. It's, Lin- it's, it's, it's Lincoln, right? Lincoln. Yeah, of course right. it's Lincoln. Look, I, before we leave these soulfish syllables... Um, 
can I just say that uh, there's one soulfish level I really can't stand. Yep. And it's um, it's Ray. Ray. Just Why? make a choice. Just where are you? What's the point? You know what I mean? I think you see where I'm coming from. No, I don't, but it sounds good. <laughs> Speaking of Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Think of see a very tall, oh. lanky, Lincoln-looking slender man at the end of that hall. You better get oh, no. out of here. Let's go. Richard, I am extremely pleased to have survived our experience in that liminal space. Yes. Yes. It was, it was very close liminal. Call. It was, yeah, quite liminal. It was just filled with liminal possibilities. You know, with got, liminality. Yes. It got me thinking to mm-hmm. ask the question literally no one is asking. Because mm-hmm. not not because no one's ever thought of it, just because it's completely and utterly worthless to ask. Which is yes. Uh, does liminal space and have anything to do with music and or choir music specifically? That's mm. a question no one's asking, but I think we should. That's what this show is about. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Our this, listeners expect nothing more or our, less. Right. Is this is like the most liminal podcast out there, maybe. Totally. Yeah. I Interesting here's what question. I want to do. I, okay. I don't know how this came up, listener. Let's yeah. be honest. I don't know how this came up. Except that I've thought about this many, many times. And mm-hmm. it came up recently too. When you when you are setting up your choir concert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and you're done setting up for it mm-hmm. maybe several hours in advance, and there's nobody around, and you walk yes. into the place. That is a moderately liminal experience. So, mm-hmm. if you are unfamiliar with that word, let's spend some time quickly laying out what liminal is. Do you want to do it, or shall I? Well, um, why don't I start, and then let's see if we can flesh this out a little bit. Uh, so, you know, I was first exposed to this concept, maybe in the the modern popular sense, um, through, I don't know, maybe, you know, seeing some Instagram accounts or some, uh, you know, uh, some sort of social media account where they would just show pictures of liminal spaces, Liminal spaces. And um, they're kind of interesting to look at. What they have in common in this, this uh, you know, modern kind of social media usage uh, or pop, pop culture usage is a space that is, um, you know, a useful, it seems to me, a useful space that is abandoned uh, sometimes, a space that is 
um, may be seen at a time of, of disuse. Uh, so this, perhaps the space is like, you know, we were talking about um, running around the airport. Airports are filled with people most of the day. But anyone who's had that experience of sitting in the airport after hours, that's a weird, uh, that's a weird thing. Uh, liminal spaces can also be transitional spaces, so like bordering spaces. Um, they they don't necessarily have to be uh, you know human built structures. Uh, although in you know these liminal space social media accounts and things, it seems to me that many of them are. Um, but you could have a liminal space that is a uh, you know the border between one kind of space and another, a transitional. Uh, sort of space. If we're talking about architecture, if we're talking about you know actual physical space, there are some other uses of liminal um, and of this concept that I'm sure we'll talk about. But that's my opening thought. What do you think, Eric? I think it's important to note that liminal is, I think, an aesthetic definition where mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. that's what's really going on. It's not. It's how you define the space and that particular aesthetic is eerie or sad, uncanny uncanny yeah. it gives you unease and it mm -hmm. probably feels a bit surreal and it, it it's essentially an imbalancing like i don't feel safe maybe in this space or mm -hmm. there is a looming presence or fear about what may happen i mean our experience yeah. in in the chicago airport was difficult because it just feels like somebody's going to jump out of a corner and or around it. It just feels like there's mm -hmm. a presence there, even when there's no one there. So mm -hmm. um, there are lots of uh, examples of liminal spaces that uh, that here's uh, one would be. Uh, uh, it an empty uh, hotel hallway, mm -hmm. an empty hotel lobby, an empty mm -hmm. uh, school. I mean, your school, if you have children that go to school or you are at a university mm -hmm. or a high school um, late in the evening, mm -hmm. just go there and walk the hallway, and that is a liminal space, I would assume, correct? What are some yeah, other yeah. examples? Uh, I'm thinking of um, a restaurant that is closed down. You know, tables uh, are cleaned off, chairs are on the tables like that, and, you know, just a few lights on. That's a little creepy. Um, an empty store uh, or maybe, you know, a um, – well, and again, right, like these are all sort of places where you expect to see people. You expect to be, to have – a community around you expect some activity and then um oh here's another one i think is creepy uh, like a have you been to the hospital late at night or like you've stayed overnight at a yeah, hospital sure, and then sure. you yeah like that's uh that's a little creepy i think or or a mall uh or, yeah, or like yeah, a yeah. mall that has yeah. been closed right i guess a defining feature of it is a it, does a liminal space have to have no people? It has to have no people. I mean, it, we're talking about the physical aesthetic space. I mean, it has to be devoid of life. 
I think then, in the way, yeah, in the way that we're thinking of this and in the way that it's used when you're when you're looking at these pictures, for example, I don't think I've ever seen another person. Um, and in fact, uh, often um, there's some, like we mentioned hotel lobby. Sometimes you'll see one of these pictures and it's just like a corner, you know, in the lobby. So it, mm-hmm. it might be. Um, or a space where you're not really supposed to see, you know. So um, I think of like at uh, Disney World, they've got those tunnels mm, underground yes, yes. everywhere, and and to me that would be kind of kind of creepy. Or maybe it, if you work in an institution, you know, there's like the place where they store stuff, and right. you end up down there alone. So yeah, I I think people are not a part of it. Or uh, last example that just came up in my mind would be like a theater uh, roof where you hang the lights up in that lofted mm-hmm. area above like your your school theater or your mm-hmm. auditorium up there. Oh, super yeah. creepy. You never yeah. know what's going to happen up there. And I guess right. that's part of the point um, is that there's an expected context that somehow has been shifted or nudged away from that expectation and maybe Mm -hmm. that's what causes us to feel unease or surreal Mm -hmm. or worried or anxiety filled but there's no doubt about it i think everybody experiences experiences this concept Mm -hmm. uh, probably Mm -hmm. more than we think about maybe sure there must be something about it that um that pulls people in because some of these um, social media accounts, for example, I mean, you know, tons of followers. Uh, People are really kind of interested in this concept, Um, maybe in the same way that people kind of like a good scare, you know, uh, when you watch a horror movie or something. Maybe that's, um, that's a part of it for people. Or just you see it and there's something that you can't quite put your finger on, but it, it does feel like something's looming or that there's another presence there, and you can't quite put your finger on it. I think visually we can affirm mm-hmm. that liminal space and choir or music in some ways doesn't have anything to do with one another. So we have, <laughs> we've, yeah. we've made certain to, again, answer the question nobody's asking, but... right. The term liminal also applies, um, again, the main essence of mm-hmm. the term, it's not necessarily about a material space. It, it's a way to define a material space. So mm-hmm. let's use that adjective in other ways, like um, there are other ways to think about it, like um, a change or transition. So an out-of-context change or transition, meaning like a doorway from one place to another could be liminal. Or, you know, mm-hmm. in ancient times, the concept of time between times. So the time, mm-hmm. dusk, dawn, right. yeah. times, and, and maybe even more broadly, adolescence. Mm-hmm. I, and I think, where, where, well, let's just hone in on adolescence. There, that often, that feeling of transition that yields anxiety Mm-hmm. or unease, or anything could happen at any time, 
I guess mm-hmm. you, we experience this all the time at a university. I mean, is the university experience a liminal experience? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, from the standpoint of um, the whole experience being a transitional one in a way, you know, you're, you're transitioning from year to year. But in another sense, it's, you know, if you are, say, away at a university or something for a few years, you know, you walk in from one uh, longer part of your life into this transitional moment. And then the, the concept maybe is, you know, the one of hopeful liminality, right, that you're, uh, that you're creating this transitional space. Um, that interestingly, now that you mention it, right, is like that liminality is even reflected in the architecture and in sort of the way that you, um, the way that say students uh, interact with one another, right? They're like you're you're in a dorm for a while, perhaps, or you're in you're often in these buildings after hours because you're studying or you're doing things. So you're kind of like putting yourself in liminal spaces all the time, which is, um, which is intriguing. The idea that, that a liminal space is, is a space between, I think also points in an oblique way to that issue of, uh, aesthetics that you mentioned, right? So the, the, the bus station that is abandoned, you know, or that's empty in the middle of the night, well, that moment for the bus station is a transitional one. It is, the moment when the activity isn't happening, you know, it's, it's, it's waiting. The station Mm -hmm. itself is waiting for the reawakening of the bus station, um, or of the, the airport, as we mentioned in in the beginning. So maybe that is, um, when we think of the visual aspects that we mentioned, or the fact that people aren't there, that, um, that ties it more into this broader concept of liminality, which is interesting. How about we talk specifically about are there liminal spaces that we create in choir concerts or in our music? Why don't we talk about that? Yeah. If you want to lead, I'll follow. Sure, sure, sure. So as we think about these aesthetic things, right, and and the idea of a liminal space or liminality as being um, transitional or kind of, you know, stuck between moments, do you think that there is a way to think about liminality or liminal space as it relates to, say, a choral concert or to choral music? Uh, well, let's think about it this way. I wonder, mm-hmm. uh, there's this comment made by Peter Heft. Uh, that says this, a schoolhouse expected to be a busy amalgamation of teachers and students becomes unsettling when depicted as unnaturally empty. Hmm. This failure of presence was considered by Mark Fisher, who um, was a, a a psychologist was considered by Fisher to be one of the hallmarks of the aesthetic experience of eeriness. Mm-hmm. So, oh, one way to think about this in the in the choral or musical framework would be: Do we ever break expectation by 
essentially um, making something that is expected or is expected taking away what is expected. Mm-hmm. And then that gives a feeling of eeriness. I, I wonder if sometimes mm-hmm. when, a, when a, we can take it down to a super small level where when a conductor makes a mistake, mm-hmm. is that a liminal experience? Here's, here's an example. You are about to start conducting. You turn mm-hmm. to the pianist and you give a cue to begin and they don't begin. And then mm-hmm. you ha- you're, do you know what I, there's a jarring kind of micro feeling there of mm-hmm. what is happening right now. There's a, a, you know what I mean? There's a breaking of yeah. expectation where and then maybe they they just weren't watching and then you start a beat later or something like but your your hand goes up and down nothing happens and then there's this fear this huge fear that something is wrong with the world in that in that tiny micro moment is that a liminal space a liminal well, time well that's interesting so let me maybe give a couple of examples that are similar and then we can contrast these right so obviously you know if someone makes a mistake and you're doing something yes um, expectations are dashed you do certainly feel a little out of body you know when those things are happening like you're you're trying to compute sort of where you are and what to do in that moment that that definitely is a is a weird thing and then you know you you have to resolve it somehow you're going to you're going to figure something out but i wonder about about this two related things um that this this reminds me of i'll throw them both out there and then tell me what you think are these liminal spaces one is take the mistake away what about the moment um that moment of expectation at right before a piece begins or you know you kind of stand up there you mm. frame it you just there's that that hesitation there's that pause when everything kind of settles and you you get the energy out of the room you know or or you kind of draw the energy up from the room and then you begin i mean there i love that moment um in any concert or or in a piece i love that moment right before we begin there. I've always found there to be something very special about that moment. I've never thought of it as a liminal space, but I wonder if it is because it's the transition from the, you know, reality into the music, right? And so we have to have this portal to walk through is, is that liminal? The second um, example I'll give is, um, you know, we're approaching the holiday season. Um, so I think of some of my favorite, uh, you know, well-loved carols or moments from, uh, uh, you know, like Christmas at King's College and, and that sort of thing. I, I always love uh, listening to, um, to those choirs at this time of year, and it just makes me feel very Christmassy, right? Um, but I think of uh, Once in Royal David's City, you know, that's always the starter. And you've got the full choir up there. But you always start with an individual soloist. And I wonder if one of the reasons that people love that is because you see the forces. You know that there's an organ there. 
you know that sometimes there's an orchestra there, you know that there's a full choir, but then this lone voice begins. And in a way, does is that a liminal space? Because we're transitioning into the piece, but also because there's something acoustically lonely. You know, we expect the space to be filled, and eventually the space is filled. So the, the end of that journey musically is you get to the last verse of the thing, everyone is singing, the orchestra is going, the organ is going, the full choir is going, ah, it's, it's satisfied the liminality, that transition that we set up at the beginning. What do you think? Two liminal yeah. spaces? I, maybe. Another one that would partner well with that would be after, at an orchestra concert where mm-hmm. everybody tunes, but the director isn't on stage yet. Mm-hmm. And then yes. there's that awkward pause before they're done. They're done tuning. Yes, and, and I actually do find that walk out. little moment yeah. to be creepy. It's not like creepy, mm-hmm. but it's a little like. What, I think what that's do, a liminal space. Yeah. What do we do? Absolutely, right now. Yeah, we don't know. What, yeah, no one knows what we're doing except awkward mm-hmm. shuffling. You know, awkward kind of, um, awkward shuffling about with our papers. I, so I think it, but. A defining characteristic of liminal must, I think, has to be an unease, you know, Mm -hmm. unease Mm -hmm. about it. So I wonder, do you feel like an unease, a a sort of nostalgic unease about the solo starting? I mean, if we're to examine that one a little more, like what, what, why do you, why is that in the ballpark, do you think? Well, for a couple of reasons. Um, because I think that unease, um, if I'm if I'm trying to pin down where I go with the idea of liminal space and, and music, right? The idea of unease is somewhat relative, right? And it may be that something gives us unease without it being unpleasant. So I think that that's the the first thing to to consider perhaps not every liminal space i think has to be eerie in a horrific way mm. but things can give us unease um while still leading to or, or maybe because of our familiarity with the thing while while still leading to a um you know a positive outcome so it may be that the sense of unease we have is not it, when the beginning of um, Once in Royal David City begins, uh, for example. That sense of unease is not the same sense of unease that we get, you know, if we're faced with an empty hospital room because it's not, um, you know, it's not biological or health unease, I guess. It's that we're, we're thwarting expectation. And so if I'm thinking of this in... in the kind of news you can use sense, you know, uh, to artists listening, right? It's that I think there may be opportunities for us to play with those expectations using this framework of liminal space in ways, in, and maybe it's a way of looking at some of these transitional moments in, in ways that we didn't expect. In the same way that, gosh, I haven't thought about this in years, but you know, there's this idea of, um, like melodic um, 
saturation or harmonic saturation in the works of this is a crazy uh, non sequitur, but in the works of um, Arnold Schoenberg and the the second Viennese composers and all of this, you know, they weren't um, writing like you know the the um, the simplification is that well it's it's atonal you know they're doing this they're doing that there are no rules and all of this but in actuality um, in Schoenberg's Verklärte Nacht for example you know a lot of that piece is waiting to hear certain notes that should have happened a lot earlier in the piece and that don't actually appear until you get to these what he would consider cadence points, you know, they may not be always tonal cadences, but they are cadences in the sense that they suddenly fill in the missing melodic space. Um, so in a way, that could also be a use of, of liminal space. And we do feel unease when we listen to that atonal music um, by, by Schoenberg. There's something creepy about it. There may be something creepy about the the kid beginning the solo in Once in Royal David City, but we don't think of it in that way because it's for us it's just a matter of not getting that full sonic experience that we um, that we expect. Does that make sense? It does, and I guess one of the in Once in Royal David City uh, also shares one of the defining characteristics, which strangely is nostalgia or right. There's some sort of memory aspect to this as well i think yeah good point undefined memory so Mm -hmm. i'm not sure i so there's a lot i guess one of the you mentioned uncanny uncanny and one of the tie points besides things like the back rooms uh which you can look up on your own listener i don't know if i recommend it or not but um (laughs) it is a vacuous rabbit hole i think but Uncanny Valley, on the other hand, is something that we might hear more and more about in the coming years because of uh, that is a, a defined uh, psychological viewpoint on whether or not how close something can or, mm-hmm. can or cannot get to seeming human. Right. Um, so a... Uh, prosthetic limb, for instance, can can be somewhere on the wave of where is it in the the is it canny or is it mm-hmm. uncanny? A corpse is definitely uncanny, right? Um, but the worst one, the most uncanny thing imaginable, mm-hmm. I guess, the most inhuman thing is a zombie. So here, let me ask you this: Is mm-hmm. the most liminal space ever to have? A zombie choir, a choir of zombies, and if if the if we had a choir of zombies, uh huh, what would they sing? I wonder. <laughs> they would they would grunt a lot. I think they it would, would be moan. the most uncanny. I think it would be the most liminal space, which would be weirdly a zombie mm-hmm. choir is devoid of life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think actually this is a this is a wonderful uh, place to go with this, which is um, 
a, a choir of zombies. I really do mm. think about this. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think about this. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, right. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't constantly <laughs> think about a choir of zombies. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I wonder um, if if a choir of zombies is the most liminal thing you could, because why? Because it sort of checks all the boxes. It technically, mm-hmm. by definition, is lifeless. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. Which, which also means that there's something giving motorization to these fleshy beings that isn't life, mm-hmm. right? They yep. are moving. They are yes. potentially singing. Yes. I'm not sure what, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> probably that sati mass. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, they would they would rock that. Um. And I. And I I guess what I what I wonder mm-hmm. is. Is there a way mm-hmm. of thinking about this concept with the way that we look at our own ensembles to say if if a if something exists mm-hmm. to m- motorize the zombie that isn't life that isn't real human mm-hmm. motivation or a driving force is it possible for human beings to access this and i guess i'll ask it in a very simple way mm-hmm. can a choral rehearsal or concert or a music any any type of music be mm-hmm. a liminal space because no life exists there certainly you are moving and acting and mm-hmm. being a part of but there is no real life do you know what i'm trying to ask here yeah for sure i mean immediately i think of two things one is um you know a little tangent um but would be related to some of the questions we asked about ai a few weeks ago right like one thing about um the conversation that we had at the start of that podcast was, you know, it was uncanny. It was, mm. it was, you know, humanish, but not, um, it wasn't us. Uh, so something was, you know, we were allowing something to, you know, uh, be spoken through us that was not, you know, cre- created by us um, and was not related to us in a, in a deep way. Um, to the other thing, you know, the more obvious thing, though, I think uh, has to do with, yes, you know, when we're faced with, um, say, you know, rehearsal situations, performance situations, um, teaching situations, uh, you know, life situations, I think that it it is possible to divorce oneself from the uh, the reality of the moment and to feel like you're like you're kind of in a liminal space if if that makes sense surely we've we've all had these um experiences maybe maybe in a micro level just things aren't going the way that they should and and you just sort of are spinning your wheels in a certain way and don't you get weary when that happens don't you feel like you're a little I don't know what your experience is like that. You probably never have anxiety this sure. issue, anxiety. right? Yeah, but don't you feel like uh, 
yeah, a little like, um, and sometimes you feel like you're almost outside of yourself, you know, like you're doing things maybe in a rote kind of way, but they're not, you know, it's, it's not connecting. You're not, and then you just sort of go on this autopilot maybe. And that's, um, you know, that's never a good, a good feeling. You try to avoid those, uh, those situations, I'd think. I kind of wonder if one of the aspects that we haven't mentioned about liminal space is that you, there, uh, one of the fears is that you can't leave, that right. you can't get out. And I think that links up with what you just said in regards to mm-hmm. spinning your wheels. One of the anxieties about, I think a lot of folks out there are happening or are are experiencing right now are that they can't escape the thing that they're dealing with right now, that, that Mm -hmm. this is what it is. And I mean, I've, I felt that before as well. Right. Maybe you are underqualified and overqualified to be doing your job right now. That feels like Mm -hmm. a liminal space. Like you are, you don't have enough experience to get the job, but you're overqualified for that job. So you're like working as a waitress or some a waiter or whatever. And you're like, I don't uh-huh. know what, what I'm doing with my life. I'm, as you know, right. spinning your wheels or maybe you aren't at a job at, or you're not at a con- conducting gig or a teaching gig that mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. that you feel is a dead end and you're afraid of, I can't get out. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that does sound kind of like what we're talking about right now, that your whole life becomes a liminal space where day after day you have to go through a lifeless. And that's kind of what I mean, what I was talking mm-hmm. about, where mm-hmm. something is automating life. I mean, people are around, but there's a, a lifelessness to it, a, a right. zombie-like right. atmosphere to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, maybe the job in a you know situation like that is um, you know because you can't exist in a liminal space forever. If if a liminal space is also a transitional space, right, or a, or a space you know um, between points of life, uh, you know maybe the other question one would ask in a situation like that is how can you how can you turn the liminal into a non-liminal, right? Right. Um, do we right. sometimes misunderstand the liminal? You know, do we do we do we put ourselves in the liminal um, when we should, you know, not see those things as as liminal? It's like the the John Lennon line in uh, his song "Beautiful Boy" about um, about his son when he says, "Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans." You know, which is such a great little line, it but it speaks to that to that right. concern. So, I don't know. This uh, I'm starting to realize this podcast is is now fully liminal. This what we're doing right now is meta. In that mm-hmm. I have great anxiety that we'll never be done with this. Topic. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like at the outset I was there. There is some sort of synergy with the subject matter here, mm-hmm. and it. Mm-hmm. I think might be uh, in the end I like what you said and I'd like to end there which is liminal I don't think is is meant to be stayed in or is meant to be correct Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. meant to be right. So if there is that feeling, it is a disjunct one. It's not a, do you know what I'm, one that, yeah. one that it should be lived out. It should right. be a sign of uh, a, a context that isn't right. Right. Unle- yeah. Unless that's your point. Let's say you were a genius and wanted to put liminal spaces in your program. I mean, that, mm. that, I, I kind of want to think about that a little bit more to throw your audience on edge or I don't know. I, I mean, we talked about last week adding sensory elements and mm-hmm. I kind of wonder you could create liminal space by the use of extrasensory mm-hmm. light things in your concert hall or maybe the timing with which you do pieces or maybe you do a particular piece out of context that makes the audience feel really uneasy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And if you did it on purpose rather than on accident, which I think a lot of things happen on accident, mm-hmm. that if mm-hmm. you did it on purpose, I think it'd be an interesting thing. But I also am worried that the audience wouldn't get it and then they would think it was really lame. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, on the one hand, uh, I actually would be interested to explore this idea too, or even to think about moments um, of, you know, meaningful moments from my own past that I can reframe in a in a liminal way. Um, I think of when you end a piece, you know, and, and it's so meaningful or powerful, and there's that silence before anyone decides to clap. They, the audience in those situations is actually invoking the liminal you know they want to experience that liminal space Mm. before the before the release Mm -hmm. um which is really really something are there opportunities to create liminal spaces within the program yeah i think actually there are there as i think of it in those terms there are some you know pretty cool ways that you might play with expectation and space and and venue and sound and all of this um in a or here'd be an easy one. You announce a concert, you print up the programs, pass them out, <laughs> lights are down, and then you just you just never get on stage. You just Oh my goodness. Wouldn't that right? And then That is it. That's it. Just like an hour. And then you just you go home. And if anyone complains, <laughs> you you're like, Well, this was my you bought a ticket to a concert called Liminal Spaces. What if you? So. What if you also, like, made the program and titled it Liminal Space? Liminal, yeah, that would be the name of the pro- Liminal Space. And, and the then, inside the program was one piece, yeah, called Liminal Space. It's the Liminal premiere. Space. It's the it's the, the premiere. premiere. First, the, yeah, first the, time. <laughs> the national premiere, Liminal Space. Yeah, and you just head over to Subway. I a, guess I kind of wonder. This is sort of a a weird. John Cage, John Cageian type of thing, you know, four minutes, 33 seconds. It, yeah, yes and no. Like, I think one of the more, um, I would say the, the word that comes to mind is obnoxious things about our, our liminal space concert is that you're, it's not even really about the experience of, because I think in, in 433, although, um, yeah, you know, I, one might, analyze it in a liminal way. I think there's a way to analyze it in a liminal way. But it seems to me that the 
more of that is about like you know the experience of the music that is around and in our liminal space concert it's like no there that is not the point the point is that you are always existing in the moment of preparation you know and which i guess cage does too He, he tells the the person to open up the you know the um whatever the piano and kind of stare at the keyboard for a while but i love the idea of what if the pianos are not even there you know the they never no, even showed right, up this right. is like way beyond um so no and i ready. love it because yeah. they would it seems to me the audience mm-hmm. would have the exact feeling that mm-hmm. it seems like liminal spaces would have yes they and they would start to wonder where yeah where what, is the where is everybody Exactly yeah. what liminal spaces do. Right. It's, yes. And you would be actually experiencing liminal time as well mm-hmm. as liminal space yes. in our made up concert, which, by the way, probably would never be um, done again because <laughs> then pe- would people pay free will donation? Would people pay to go see <laughs> liminal Liminals. space? Performs at any concert hall. Every concert hall would have limited you know, space. Think of though, if you're in a bind and you've got to program something, and you're just like, "Oh, I don't have a lot of time here with my ensemble." You could, I mean, uh, this sounds like your fix. It does. You'd be able but to it, put it together. Can you imagine the outrage? <laughs> would 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 there be more outrage at that concert or at like mm-hmm. the Rite of Spring, or, you know, the premiere of Rite of Spring? Which I think which it depends the, on the outrage. Oh man, depends on how much you paid for our tickets. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> right. The, I'm the all Metropo- in. We're Metropolitan gonna, Opera. We're gonna 200, do this. Two hundred fifty yeah. bucks a ticket. Right. Liminal to, space. To your liminal space. <laughs> the world premiere. World premiere. It's genius in a way. Yeah, um, I love you'd it. Save, you'd save on printing costs, too, because... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Although although I guess you could, as part of the program, put in, you know, the performers. Mm-hmm. So every mm-hmm. aspect of it, which is very similar to, let's say, a mall, you still mm-hmm. have the old defunct Maurice's sign or whatever in the mall, even yeah. though it's... Mm-hmm. So it'd be the same. You'd have... Everything would appear as if yeah. you are going to do it. It right. just isn't happening. Just it isn't happening at that moment. You've created but there a is a, space. But, yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but then to make to to appease everybody, you could have like mm-hmm. a weird ghostly presence kind of off to the side, staring at them all. That that would make yeah. it even better. Sure. I mean, maybe you are there. Maybe you maybe you didn't go to Subway. Maybe you're just standing off you know, stage left, and you're kind of like just, <laughs> just they can barely see you. You know, right. you're kind of like waiting. <laughs> just, I really wonder, it'd be such a great psychological experiment to see what people would do. Yeah, totally. The uh, problem is no one who listens to this podcast could be in the audience. That's right. It would have to be, you know, have to get a completely new set of people. You have to be really brave. I do almost want to do this ju- and then risk your career. I mean, that's kind of what you would – it would be risking your career. Although I bet you'd get some press. I bet you would. I bet I oh, bet yeah. you'd get some press for it. It's so conceptual and weird. 
I love it. Sounds it. like Shenandoah's next concert. You, you it's, need that's to do gonna it. be our yes. I think we'll add it to the calendar. We've got some space in March. You it's have some liminal space. In we March, have some liminal though. space. <laughs> All wow. right, folks, and uh, we have definitively answered the question mm-hmm. that no one was asking. And maybe what we'll do is ask some more questions that no one's asking. Um, we have some ideas coming forward, and. Um, I'm excited to have at least got this out because it had crossed my mind a fair number of times. I do love these weird aspects of our human experience, and this is one of them, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to see if these strange things intersect with our realities. And something inside of me wanted to say yes, even though Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a stretch, I would say. But still... I experienced this quite often. So I even experienced the other day before our concert when there was no one in the hall and it it's that expectation or the 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 sort of upheaval of expectation totally. which cre- which is creepy. Anyway, yeah. uh blessings to you and uh I'm glad to also uh be free of our liminal airport experience. And to have learned about your Sulfage experiences. What a joy that was. What a joy. I'm sure our audience was thrilled. Until next time, my friend. Until next time, and we'll enjoy that liminal space right before our closing music begins. The sound of the choral contrarians. The sweet sound. (laughs) The sweet sounds. Later. Thank you.